Welcome to the FPL Blues Podcast, hosted, as always, by Bucks and Brian. Brian, how you doing? I miss you, baby. Bucks, it was a great time spending all of the matches with you in New York, in Brooklyn, in your humble abode, and also at the Black Horse. We had a great time watching all the fixtures and trying to count up our FPL points while doing it live and then also entertaining your lovely little daughter. So it was a it was a good experience all around. And uh, thanks for feeding me some early morning bagels, getting me some coffee and getting me pumped for our uh, captains on Saturday. Yeah, we had a great time, uh, Brian. Unfortunately, some of our special guests uh, couldn't make it due to the resurgence of COVID, but we were together with a lot of Liverpool fans for that Manchester City-Liverpool heavyweight battle. And what an amazing game. I think this was the match of the season, and it absolutely lived up to the billing. And it was only enhanced by being together with you, my co-host and friend, and uh, getting to banter and shit talk a little bit to the family next to us and uh, to the drunk guys uh, to the other side of us. Uh, it was just an all around great day on Sunday, uh, capped off with an excellent match and some really healthy FPL scores uh, to kind of wash down the beers and the barbecue that was to come. Yeah, the Liverpool City match lived up to the hype. It was a great match and just watching at a bar felt like normal life once again, had a couple beers watch some uh, interesting characters go in and out of the bar and uh, the footy. It really gave me, I, I was very anxious for the match. You know, I didn't really have that many FPL players in the match had, you know, three, I think you had four, but overall I, I hadn't felt like that before watching a match since the UCL final when Chelsea beat Man City. And uh, it was just a pure watch and it was, it was very classy game. Both of them played such a energetic first half and, uh, they, they kept countering and one of those matches where you're very fortunate that we'll be able to see them play each other, hopefully, potentially in the Champions League final and then also in the FA Cup. Yeah, and it was not just contained to the players on the pitch who are obviously, you know, top level, but seeing Klopp and Pep have kind of their showdown on the touchline was impressive. Also, City jumped out to an early lead. They were definitely the dominant team of the first half. And then coming out of the halftime Tunnel, Liverpool looked like the better side. So it was just a really incredible match. Uh, great to see. And I think it's just a sign of what's to come. The Premier League is really still on the ascension. You know, there's already 8.5 million fantasy Premier League players. But I think the game is going to get more and more popular. These teams and the sport is really just such a joy to watch. It's a great experience on the telly. And it's even better live, of course. But it's just so consumable. And I think, you know, diehards like myself, like you, you know, we're always going to be interested, but even casuals who don't have a horse in the race can really get behind and see the beauty of the sport in a match like Manchester city versus Liverpool. So, you know, that was really the highlight of the weekend. And I think with that, we can get to some other highlights, which center around our strong performances in the FPL game from game week 32. So Brian, you're leading in the clubhouse right now. So how'd you do in your score with your team. Yeah, I had another green arrow, thankfully. Had 73 total points and a 15% rank rise. So that's only a green arrow of 4K, but I'm down to 22K overall in the world. So feeling very positive about that. And once again, Spurs led the way and saved my, my game week. So looking at the last couple of weeks, I've chosen to Captain Kane over Sun. That's cost me a few points, but I've had both of them. So 
really getting roughly about 30 to 40 points between those two players, uh, game week in and game week out. And those those two are just incredible with the link up play. Son, a three shot Hattie. So crazy. And then six total completed passes. So, so clinical, very much just a deadly striking type of asset for FPL. And that it was, it was huge for those who captained him. I know Bucks, I have to give you kudos because you chose him as your captain and he delivered 42 points for you. I'll take the 21, but yeah, elsewhere on my side, Tony was a huge differential pick for me. I brought him in on blank game week 30 and he's delivered back-to-back weeks with a couple points. So he had a goal and assist versus West Ham. Very surprising outcome. And he's uh, really informed. So he looks like the second best striker and really the striker that we thought he would be for FPL when the season started. So Brentford have found their groove. Erickson's in the starting lineup and Bomo looks awesome. So uh, a late resurgence from them is uh, very positive. So he got 12 points and then just a few other characters trickling some points. Rudiger, six, Trent, four, and uh, Sala with five. Unfortunately, though, I did have five players each total one point. So very, very lopsided, very top heavy. But overall, again, green arrow, happy as a clam. What about you, Bucks? Brian, before we go to my team, I just want to give the listeners some behind the scenes uh, information because I know you were considering going son to Bruno. Uh, can you just give the listeners some insight on that was really one of the the tips you were you were looking at to be differential and get on United players early. Uh, thank God for your rank that you did not do that. Honestly, it would have been a season ender for me. I don't think I would have been able to recover. Uh, it was one of those moments in time where again son is one of my favorite players and i was really going to be gutted to take him out for bruno i think we all kind of overrated everton's recent collapse and so bruno really looked like a great captaincy shout so if i was going to bring him in i was also going to cap him he ends up blanking and would have only been for four points so a huge bullet dodged and ultimately i didn't want to take the hit to bring him in. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll save my transfer, roll it. So I have two free transfers going into double game week 33. And then I can decide if I want to upgrade son to Bruno or chase somebody like James Madison. So that was my thought process. And I fortunately uh, practiced patience at a time where I did want to be aggressive, but uh, my heart goes out to one of our super fans, uh, Corey Cummings. He did make the move with his two free transfers to remove son and bring in Bruno. He ended on 33 total points for the game week. And uh, again, I, I, I backed it on the pod and I'm, I'm sorry, Corey, that it did not play out that way. Um, unfortunately for you. Sorry again, Corey. Uh, that was a brutal uh, advice from Brian. That's probably one of your first real misses of the season. Um, you know, if we look down the ledger, so not too bad. <laughs> the, good, the good thing is the good thing is I didn't do it and somebody else did. So that's uh, that's uh, the, the silver lining for me. Sheesh, kicking him when he's down. All right. My team ended up on 74 points all out, and I got a more substantial green arrow of 22,000 spots, up to 136,000 overall. And as Brian mentioned, it really all came down to my captain, Hyungman Sung. I praised him last game week, and he proved to just be an absolute counterattacking legend in game week 32. You know, he really didn't have that many touches, but every time he touched the ball, it was hitting the back of the net. So you love to see that. He gets the hat trick of goals, three bonus points, of course, and the clean sheet. So uh, really impressive. And Spurs are just, they are super hot. They're the best team right now. 
in, they're in a superb run of form. So obviously Doherty gets injured. He comes off early. And so he only gets one point. That's one of the low lights of my oh. game week because he misses the two points. But I think a natural move would be to bring in another Spurs player because the triple up is just working and it's delivering somewhere between 25 and 45 points, depending on how who you have every single game week. So I mean, uh, so, so ridiculous. So it's ridiculous crazy. even to say that, right? You're, you're getting 25 to 45 points from these Spurs assets. Um, truly incredible. You know, Doc was really cheap, so he was a no-brainer to bring in. We're super happy we got his 14 points from last week. But that that kick, we, we said at the time, Bucks, I was like, that was pretty dirty from Pretty Boy Cash going in with a scissors kick tackle and ends up in uh, kind of a ruptured MCL. So wish Doc a speedy recovery. Uh, he certainly, if he makes a full recovery, won't be this cheap next season. A lot of these guys are going to be bumped up to 5-5. Five, five. So we enjoyed a, a nice little run from Doc. But now um, people will shift those funds uh, possibly get a cheaper defender, which we'll talk about later in the show. Sun gets 42 points because I captained him. Captain, my captain. Thank you. Uh, Kulisevsky, he adds a dozen. Rudiger gets six. Salah with five. TA with four. And yeah, just a very strange game week. Arsenal are kind of, they're adrift right now. They have a couple key injuries in Partey and Tierney. We'll talk about that later. But the whole team just looks like they're shaken by missing those two key defensive assets. And so I think Ramsdale, you know, he came back in, he's now fully healthy. So obviously I started him. He's one of the best keepers in England, I think. And he just completely no-showed together with the rest of the starting 11. He didn't have a great game and he has a one pointer. Whereas Dubrovka sitting on my bench with a lucky number seven. So uh, between doc and Dubrovka, I feel like uh, the double D's punished me a little bit this game week. Yeah, it's, it's been tough because we've seen the ascension of Spurs while Arsenal is going the other way. Obviously, they've overachieved. They're ahead of schedule in their rebuild uh, at the Emirates. But without Partey in the midfield as an engine, closing down all those lanes and, and making sure that he has an outlet to the attackers and then also playing Shaka at left back, they, they just don't have the depth right now and they're going in the wrong direction. So definitely tough. Um, just to complain a little bit about my bench, I also had Dubrovka on my bench, started Ramsdale, and then Gordon comes in with a 10-pointer sitting on my bench. So I had 19 total points on my bench this week, which uh, you hate to see. That, that's worthy of a bench boost, uh, but uh, it's such a crapshoot with uh, with some of your bench players and when they get points. But overall, I'm glad to see they're rounding into form. So when I do call upon them, hopefully they'll be in some kind of uh, confident form to get me some points. That's uh, almost three times as high as my actual bench boost scored. So uh, we'll we'll save the complaining for the postseason roundup. Uh, Let's get to the manager of the game week. And this regular game week actually saw us double up on the manager of the game weeks. It was a tie at an even 100. So congrats to both of these managers who landed in the triple digits. First off is Daniel Wallace. He's been here before with his team, Forest Oak. And another repeat... uh, Citing here in the manager of the game week section is Matt Stoddard, his team strangers, both on a hundred, but they took very different paths to get there. So Daniel Wallace, he had son like me as his captain for 42 points, Mason Mount for 19, Kulisevsky for 12 and Tony for 12. And then Matt's side, uh, I want to just shout this out and take a moment to recognize how impressive this is. He had a return from each of his starting 11 players. I don't think I've ever seen that before. 
So he had wow. Kane as his captain for 20, Sun for 21, Gordon for 10, Pookie for nine, KDB for nine, Jota for seven, Dubrovka for seven, Rudiger for six, Madison for six, Shar for five, and TAA for four. So absolute masterclass from Matt. Obviously, kudos to you as well, Daniel. Little golf clap for both of you for topping the table with triple digit scores. Amazing. Yo, uh, that is really impressive. I don't think I've ever seen a team of all single game week players all returned. Like that, that's that is uh, very much an outlier. So well done, Matt. That's uh, one way to hit it with that 100 emoji. So congrats to you. And just transitioning here, want to make sure that all of our listeners in the FPL Blues podcast super league know that the cup starts in game week 33 so this is a good time to get re-engaged set your lineups and best of luck as we're going to have the fpl app auto generate head-to-head matchups and it's going to be a knockout style tournament until the end of the season for the run-in so one lucky manager will be the last one standing and win the first ever fpl blues podcast super league cup and they'll also win a prize. TBD, working on that, but you will receive a prize there as well for the lucky winner. And this is important for players, as Brian mentioned, that have kind of fallen out of focus on the FPL game, especially if you have a lot of chips remaining. You know, you got to go for broke and attack this cup with all that remains in your passion pit. So uh, I think we're going to see some exciting rivalries. Maybe some new uh, digital nemeses are formed uh, across the cup ties, a la Atletico Madrid. All right, let's take our first break when we come back (laughs) and we'll recap what happened in game week 32. Welcome back to the episode. Let's talk about some of the top performers from game week 32. Bucks, the midfield, they absolutely crushed it this game week where we saw Sonny Boy and Mason Mount put up some huge performances. Should we start with Sun? Let's break it down here. Oh, my main man, Youngman Sung had 21 points. He had three goals, a clean sheet, and three bonus. Three must be the lucky number for this man. He crushed it once again, outscores Kane, but uh, you know they have a deadly duo back and forth. So he's obviously the more explosive one and playing a little bit more far advanced. We're seeing Kane with some beautifully timed weighted balls, some headers leading to a streaking son who just has incredible pace. So I think moving forward, son has got to be the shout for captain if you're going to look at Spurs assets. Moving forward, Mason Mount, he's a flat track bully this season, Bucks. I think he has 53% of his points against the likes of Watford, Norwich, and Southampton. But this week, 19 points. He gets two goals and an assist and max bonus in this one. And we absolutely loved cheering on Chelsea in your apartment in Brooklyn. We were yelling. Your your little uh, little daughter was yelling at us about Paw Patrol, and we were yelling, "More goals, more goals, please!" We were saying, "Come on, Chelsea!" And she was like, "More Paw Patrol, please!" Well, Mason <laughs> Mount wasn't listening, and neither were we, unfortunately. Sorry, Charlotte, but he delivered 19 points, a brace, and he just looked all around spectacular. I mean, it's interesting. Mason Mount is having a down year by a lot of Chelsea fans and pundits regards. And yet he has double digit goal contributions and he has more goal contributions than a lot of the players 
like KDB, like Jota, who you would say are having spectacular seasons. So uh, he's going a little bit under the radar, I think, and really an important player for Chelsea and a player that now that Chelsea are out of Champions League, I expect is going to be nailed to feature each and every game week from here on out. So he could be on our transfer watch list for sure. Next player to shout out is Dewsbury Hall from Leicester. He gets his first ever Premier League goal and ends up with a goal and assist and max bonus. He's nailed. He's played each of the last 10 plus matches and he's 4.4 million at the moment, 4.5 million. So he could be an enabler who has three upcoming double game weeks that you could definitely fit into your side. Bucks, his left footed goal was a shocker to me. I could not believe that was one of the, the goals of the weekend for me because I just had to do a double take. I'm like, was that Madison? Who, who, who kicked that? And it was Dewsbury Hall trying to do, do the lookalike uh, performance there. So definitely uh, somebody to keep on the radar for this double game week and then ones in 36 and 37. Yeah, my quick take on KDH is that he's obviously not the same caliber player as Madison or Barnes. But I think because he's younger and he clearly has fitness, he's much more of a lock to get you appearance points than the other two are in the upcoming double game weeks for Leicester. And again, he's 4.4 million. You can't get more budget than that for a player that's actually quality. So uh, I really rated bringing him in a couple of weeks ago. And I mentioned that on the pod as well as in some private chats. And he finally really came good. Uh, and this was an unexpected match because Crystal Palace were coming off a really strong performance against Arsenal where they kind of beat them up and beat them down. And then, you know, Leicester with really nothing to play for just came in and stomped all over Crystal Palace. So uh, really impressive showing from Brendan Rogers' side and the fact that his team continues to fight hard uh, for their coach. Love that. And that one was that one was tough on us, Bucks. That hit us in the pocketbook because uh, we had a few shekels on the Crystal Palace to continue their form. And Leicester had made seven total changes in between their last Europa match and this one. And uh, they got contributions from Dewsbury Hall. They got a goal from Lookman. So uh, very, very impressive that they came up with a W there versus a relatively informed and attacking side in Crystal Palace. Yeah, let's go to some other players. We just want to shout out Timo Werner. Uh, he's been overall a disappointment in the Premier League, but I think he's really in form right now. And I'd be shocked to see him drop from the Chelsea uh, front three moving forward. He ends up with a brace. And I thought he was one of the men of the match for Chelsea in their Southampton game. And he really looked the part and brought over that form to Madrid for their UCL cup tie. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't complete the comeback, but holy cow, Timo Werner looked incredible. 15 points for the FPL game. Kulusevsky, he had a dozen. Ivan Tony, he also had a dozen. Rafinha adds his first double-digit contribution in the FPL game with a goal and max bonus. And then Harry Kane. Can never forget to include Harry Kane in any conversation of starlet performances. He ends up with a clean 10. Let's go to the floppers, the not-so-good news. Oh, vey, the floppers. Arsenal, last week, they put up a total of four points for my side between Ramsdale, White, and Saka. This week, they topped that and total three points between the three players. This was very disheartening, especially going into the double. And I know we've been riding Arsenal because they've had a lot of double game weeks. So a lot of managers have at least two or three of their assets. And unfortunately, they're going in the wrong direction. So this was this was tough to see them. Uh, drop points yet again and the race for the top four is is wide open and uh sets up in a, really a 
dream comeback from Spurs under Conte to potentially steal that fourth slot and make Champions League next season. So we'll keep an eye on how this continues to pace until the North London London Derby is rescheduled. I think again, May 12th. So a lot to play for, but Arsenal, they're, they're going the wrong direction. These injuries are really hurting them. Yeah. And then one more club we should bury as well is Manchester United. Holy cow. To see the team quit on a coach, their second coach of the season like that with such a drab performance to Everton. Everton are not a good team and they really cannot hold a candle to the level of talent that Manchester United has, even with their some of their B side players. And to just see Everton come out really back Donny Vanderbeek and Frank Lampard as they go and steal three points against Manchester United. I mean, Bruno was probably the best player on the day for United and he was invisible and just crying to the refs for a lot of the game. So not what you want to see from United. They have reportedly come to terms with current IX coach, Eric Ten Hag. So that's breaking news and very exciting as we look ahead to next season. But I don't think we're going to see a substantial bump in play from any of the players. They're still going to be operating under Ragnick. His future seems slightly uncertain with that hire. And so there's a lot to clean up for both these clubs. And they both had aspirations of a top four finish. So I think best case, Man United is looking at Europa League and Arsenal. They really got to show up in their next couple of games to regain some form going into the North London Derby, where they hope to be able to stay level with Spurs. I mean, Spurs are just so hot right now. Uh, Arsenal might get burned just trying to hold on to their jersey. What are your thoughts here, Bucks, on the reported you know new hire for United? I think this is something that we were hoping would happen midseason instead of getting a caretaker in, which obviously the team has not responded to. Uh, so it'll be really interesting to see kind of what changes Ten Hag makes and especially looking at likes of Paul Pogba. Is he going to be back in the side or are they going to flip him and disperse the money elsewhere? Uh, lots of questions for United going into the offseason, but I, I really am looking forward to them having a fresh start next season because this has been a bit of a write off after two previously um, pretty impressive seasons under the likes of Ole and um, you know other managers. Yeah, I think this is a total sideways move, and it just shows that upper management at United really has no idea what they're doing. Both you and I and some of our listeners were all clamoring for Eric Ten Hag to be the guy to sign when they brought in Ragnick. I think the real move, once they got rid of Ole, they should have just stood by Michael Carrick. He's a club legend, and they responded in the two games that they played under him. He was under contract, so he was the cheapest option, but he's also the easiest transition. You bring in a guy like Eric Ten Hag when you have the summer transfer window, when you have the money and cash to splash on players that he wants. Instead, they kind of stood pat and winter transfer window without a clear plan, without a clear trajectory on how to write the season. And so they're kind of still stuck in the mud. I think all things considered with all the news, with all the drama around this club, they're actually having a pretty good season, all things considered, but it's just so frustrating to see them go from kind of one mediocre manager to another one who's older and they had to pay. So now they're paying three managers when they could have just been paying one. So I don't really know what United is doing. And I think there's going to be a lot of changes in the kind of core of this club as we look ahead to 2023. Yeah, that's a good take, Bucks. All right, let's move forward with our double game week 33 preview. Bucks, we have a number of teams 
that are going to have double game weeks, seven in total. But let's start out with the three teams to target who we believe have the best doubles. I think we're going to go through this in what we think is the level of priority to transfer these players in. So for me, Newcastle stand out. They have the best double game week to my eye. They play Leicester and Crystal Palace, both at home. And they actually pretty lucky the way that they luck into this because they're going to be playing Leicester uh, coming off Europa Champions League. So they're going to be potentially dealing with a tired uh, side. And then they play Crystal Palace as they're coming off an FA Cup semifinal draw. So uh, not only do they get to have home cooking and play in front of a raucous Tyneside, but they're going to be playing two teams with tired legs uh, while they're going to be sleeping at home and well-rested. So I think Newcastle needs to be the priority team to stock up on transfer moves to. Yeah, a nice three-game run for Newcastle. And like you said, they're playing really well in front of their home crowd. Uh, We're seeing Bruno G start to have some good influence. He was their big signing in the January transfer window, and he's helping kind of mitigate a few injuries that they have in the midfield like Fraser. So Bucks, looking at their team, who would you target and how many of their players would you want to have in your side for the next three matches? So in a perfect world, if I was going to be wild carding or if I was free hitting, I would want to have at least two Newcastle players for double game week 33. And the order of operations for how I would target them is I would prioritize Chris Wood would be my number one target from Newcastle. He's looking like he's massively in form. He's probably going to be taking penalty kicks, as we saw from previous game weeks, now that uh, Callum The Truth Wilson is out injured. And so I think he's the creative engine that's going to be scoring and getting a lot of the shots on goal for Newcastle. So he'd be first. I would say Fabian Schar is probably number two. He's a real cheap wingback enabler. He's 4.4 million, but he takes uh, set pieces. He takes free kicks. So I think that's an easy up on some of his linesmen uh, who aren't as involved in the offense on a regular basis. Next up would be St. Max and Dubrovka. I'd say they're like, you know, 3A and 3B. Obviously, St. Max is kind of a more boomer bus player where Dubrovka, you know, he's going to make saves and potentially he can get a clean sheet from this. He's going to be my starting goalkeeper in double game week 33. And then lastly would be Dan Byrne. Dan Byrne has set piece proficiency. He's a really tall player and he has scored a number of goals from corner kicks and worth mentioning. As it was the case earlier in the season, Leicester and Crystal Palace are still two of the worst teams to concede from set pieces and corner kicks. So they are vulnerable to height and attacking players uh, going after those uh, swinging in balls. Yeah, I'd also throw in Matt Target. He's 4.7 million and he takes a few corners from the left side. So he's another player that's you know playing left fullback that uh, you could possibly bring in for Doc. So I do like Shar and Target as straight you know doc swaps if you're really in need of a new double game week player and to also have a nice tidy game week in 34 so i like those shouts and wood in asm you know i've seen a lot of players who are talking about moving from Veghorst to one of those players because they're absolutely sick of paying attention to any burnley matches and i can't blame blame them of course so i would definitely go with wood he's on penalties he's a confident penalty taker and last season in the last 10 game weeks, we saw him rank up like 70, 80 points in those games. He's, he's a player that can hit a purple patch and um, 
yeah, just a, just an easy shout because there aren't very many forwards. So definitely like those, those folks. So, all right, let's move ahead bucks. And one of their opponents that Newcastle has is Leicester. So in this double game week for Leicester, they play Newcastle away and Everton away. So this is a bit of a tricky one because they do have a Europa uh, conference league match on Thursday. So it'll be important to see who starts that match, how many minutes they play and especially if there are any injuries. So we're mainly going to be looking at Madison and Barnes because those are the kind of two players that we feel are indispensable at the moment for Ben Rogers side, whereas Daka and the likes of Iannaccio, we're not sure. They kind of are alternating starts, so a little bit harder to predict. So I would probably rate Madison first, Barnes second, and then Iannaccio third from the attackers. But then there's some decent shouts for clean sheet. Maybe maybe Schmeichel comes in as your goalie. Again, we don't we don't recommend making goalkeeper transfers, but if you're on wildcard or free hit, Schmeichel is a 4.8 million goalkeeper who just came off a penalty save, and they have just so many fixtures in hand that you're going to rack up some extra appearance points. What are your thoughts, yeah, Bucks? That's a great shout on Schmeichel. I would say if you are planning to wildcard in 34, Schmeichel as your transfer move is a good uh, jump in early on a player that has a lot of matches to be rescheduled and appealing fixtures in the here and the now. So uh, I like getting that move maybe early. If you had two free transfers and you need to burn them before you use your wild card, I would rate using one of them maybe to go from a player like Ramsdale to free up some funds to a guy like Schmeichel. All right, let's, let's keep it moving. Let's go to the next team that has favorable fixtures and we think is worth uh, targeting for transfers. That's Manchester United. And they've been in the news a lot. Uh, obviously, uh, there was an incident with Ronaldo following the disappointing Everton match. So he's a question mark right now. And Man United play Norwich at home and then Liverpool away. So this really is, by all intents and purposes, likely more of a single game week than it is a you know super appealing double game week. But you can't get much better than Norwich at home. So for that reason, I think it makes the most sense if you are on free hit to target a player like Bruno Fernandez like Cristiano Ronaldo, maybe like Alex Tellis, because it seems like Luke Shaw is injured. And so that spot is Tellis's for the time being. And then Jaden Sancho is a differential punt. I think beyond those four players, I would not be touching Man United with a 10-foot pole. And I also would not be bringing in any of their players if you didn't have a wild card chip remaining to use or on a free hit in 33. So that two major caveats. Yeah, definitely. I think if you're free hitting this game week, you want to have a triple up on Manchester United because nobody else is going to be bringing, no other managers are going to be bringing them into their team. And so that is really, in fact, your best differential. So it's really your hope is that they boom against Norwich and then they'll probably bust against Liverpool. But, you know, they have the world quality that maybe Ronaldo gets a header goal or, um, you know, the bookies actually have him as the highest scoring forward for goals this weekend uh, in the first fixture at about 67%. So he's even above Kane, above, um, you know, Bruno, above Tony. So if I was on free hit, he would definitely have to be in your side and might be kind of your last dance with Ronaldo um, because obviously he is a player who's not quite in form and we're not bringing in any Manchester United assets. And then lastly, Bucks, just again, want to back your Tellez um, shout. He's on some corners. He's been pretty uh, impressive kind of crossing in some balls from the left flank. So he would be somebody that I would also have in my side. 
and he's cheap. I mean, that's really the name of the game right now. You want to be playing and making transfer moves, I think, at the fringes. On free hit, obviously, you want to have probably a triple up on Newcastle, Leicester, and Man United, as crazy as that sounds. And you fill them in with single game week players. I mean, Spurs have Brighton. City have Brighton. Liverpool have Man United. You want players from all three of those teams for sure. And that's the reason that I think a lot of uh, FPL managers might be skipping a free hit in double game week 33. Um, Before we wrap up the 33 section, Brian, let's just quickly run through the remaining teams that have double game weeks and discuss players we might target from their, their sides. Sure. We're kind of lukewarm on the likes of Southampton and Arsenal. Southampton have Adams or JWP. They're both going to be sub 7 million. So they could be easily fit into your sides. And there's not very many forwards. Shea Adams has much better stats than Broja and much better uh, threat over the last kind of month. You and I have both had a little bout with Broja and he's brought nothing but blanks over the last two months. Thankfully, he's 5, 5.5. So he's just been buried, you know, first or second bench slot and hasn't been really effective as an asset, but as we had hoped. But those would be the two assets that I would target um, for this game week from Southampton. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And Southampton play against. Arsenal at home and then Burnley away. Uh, so really you're you're hoping for most of your returns to come in that Burnley match. But right now, Southampton are in a patchy run of form and seem to be well set on uh, being on vacation for the rest of the season. Arsenal, on the other hand, they get Southampton away and then Chelsea away. Uh, so those are two tough matches considering the current form that Arsenal are in. So I wouldn't be clutching my pearls if I had to make a move to release one of my Arsenal players uh, to bring in a player with a more appealing double game week or more appealing fixtures to come. Yeah. I mean, if you have either Saka or Martinelli or even Lacazette, they're probably a hold this week. You hope that they can get an attacking return, but I would not be bringing in any of their defenders. Again, like we've said before, the spine of their team is a bit fractured. So definitely avoid their defense and um, moving forward. Other teams in this double to avoid like the plague are Burnley and Brighton. It's really funny when you open up your app and you see that both your Tottenham assets and your Manchester City assets both play Brighton this week. It's going to be a tough week uh, for the Brighton Seagulls fans. Holy cow. And they're both away. So it's like they're going to get battered in front of both teams, single game week home crowds, and they're just going to have to get back on the bus after that Spurs match and travel up to Manchester to the Etihad, uh, knowing what's to come in their second match. Holy cow. That is a tough chore for any Brighton players and for the coaching staff there. Lastly, Burnley, they're just the most forgettable team. I I'm hoping against all hope that Everton can keep up so that Burnley go down there, just a joyless team to watch. And they play West Ham away and Southampton at home. <sighs> Forgettable. It's just like, uh, don't trust Voot Bedcourse for any points. Uh, if you're relying on him for returns, uh, they're not going to come. I can tell you, I had him in my team for quite some time. Yeah, I'm very lucky to have got his uh, 14 point double game week uh, way back when and have not fallen into that trap since. But I, I, again, I, I would recommend benching him or transferring him out to free up funds to upgrade your team elsewhere. He's not an asset that we're expecting anything from. He didn't even play to the 60 minute mark this past week. So uh, again, somebody to stay away from. 
Lastly, we should just mention that double game week 33 does feature three teams that have blank game weeks. That is Aston Villa, Leeds, and Wolves. Especially if you still have your wild card, you should be doing everything to move off these players in double game week 33 with intention to potentially bring back players from Aston Villa as they have a really appealing double game week in 37. So again, eyes on the prize. You got to get points in the here and now as the remainder of the season is dwindling down. There are only seven. No, there are only six game weeks remaining. I got it. That's math, baby. I wish we had the video footage available to everybody to see Bucks uh, counting up to uh, six or seven. All right. Anyway, let's keep this moving. Let's round out this segment by talking about a few other players that are on our radars, uh, just in terms of targeting teams that have uh, a lot to play for still. So the hot topic this week are doc replacements. So I think we should start there. Bucks, a lot of us have doc on our sides. You know, he's 4.9 million at the moment. He's probably going to price drop, but again, he's not a player which is needing to be transferred out immediately. Like you can definitely put him on your bench and transfer him out next week if you need to. So uh, let's, let's talk about, obviously we've, We've talked about the likes of the Newcastle defense, but are there, are there any other players that you might uh, throw out there for FPL managers to sub them in? Two players that are would be on my short list are Joel Matip from Liverpool. He's been nailed on. He is the perfect complement to Virgil van Dyke in the Liverpool back four, and he's definitely first choice. So Liverpool need every point from here on into the end of the season. And he's still only 5 million. That will not be the case in 2023 for certain, but he would be first on my transfer radar for a long-term hold. Uh, Otherwise it's worth mentioning that this is a particularly challenging point in the season because it overlaps with Ramadan. So you should just do a little bit of extra research, potentially players you would be considering like a Fofana, like if you don't have Salah, maybe you want to bring in Salah or, you know, you're trying to move on to players like a Riyad Mahrez as a punt. Those guys are all observing Ramadan. They're likely going to be fasting during a lot of these matches. So for me, that's a stay away. There's just too much up in the air. Uh, I want my guys to be as fit and going for it as much as possible. I have as much energy as possible. So because I'm not considering Fofana, I might look to the other side of the Leicester defense and James Justin back from injury now fully fit. And I think he's going to be playing a lot of minutes as a budget option. He's cheaper than Schmeichel, which is the only reason that I would consider bringing in Justin over Schmeichel um, to get a taste of the Leicester defense. As it seems like Amarty, who'd been a really popular super budget option, he was below 4 million and now he's nestled right at 4 million. He seems to have lost his spot. So I would not be going for Amarty anymore. I would be going for one of Fofana, Justin, and if you had the funds, maybe up to Castagna. But, uh, Probably, probably not worth splashing a lot of cash on the Leicester back line. Yeah, I mean, it looks like James Justin is 4.9 million. He's gotten a lot of the starts most recently, but I think they're still kind of in a transitionary period where we're going to see them rotate quite a bit, um, depending, again, what happens in Europe. So I would only be going for Schmeichel in defense, but James Justin could be a potential replacement for Doc. Um, some other players on our watch list, Bucks, have to be Players from Manchester City, again, they look phenomenal versus Liverpool. It was a heavy title race uh, kind of match, but they're still a point ahead and they have everything to play for. So when we look at a lot of teams who have wild carded lately or really focused on double game week players, we're not seeing a lot of representation from City. So where would you go 
in terms of city for points. So we should mention that we are recording this on Wednesday, April 13th in the evening Eastern time. So we've been able to watch the Champions League matches and seeing what happens. So breaking news is that both Kyle Walker and KDB had to leave early, whereas Phil Foden suffered a pretty gruesome looking head injury, but was able to continue and finish out the match. So KDB was definitely one of the players that I'd earmarked as a premium player who's in massive form and has it all to play for. He was someone I was potentially tinkering with switching Sala to and definitely had plans in place to switch Sun to KDB uh, before Sun hit his massive green patch of form. So he's a player that I would love to have. Unfortunately, he's not healthy. And I think that could play a big part as City look to uh, hit the triple. They want to win the Premier League. They want to win the FA Cup and win the Champions League. I think they need to get KDB back fit the easier moves are to bring in defenders. And I think Laporte needs to be the top of any player who doesn't have city assets, but a star for funds transfer watch list. Uh, he is for me. That's for sure. He's 5.8 million. He's pretty much nailed a spot next to in the back line, whether it's, you know, next to Diosh, whether it's next to stones, he's nailed, I believe for the remainder of the season. So I expect a lot of big things from Amic Laporte. And I think obviously Cancelo is the dream big at the back guy to have from City, but he might just be too hard to afford if you're swapping him with a player like Doherty that was relatively cheap. Yeah, the City team, there's just so many good players in the midfield, but they're all prone to rotation. So I really lean on Cancelo and Laporte as being their best assets especially given their price points. I currently have Laporte on my side. I would love to shoehorn Cancelo in as well. And, you know, we saw his class. There's a few plays. I mean, he took the ball off of Salah and he dribbled through like three defenders and it just a pure class player and his delivery for Jesus's goal was spectacular. So somebody that you should definitely keep an eye on in terms of looking at KDB, you know, he's really been their primary goal scorer this year, which is odd to see. Usually he's up in the double digits for assists, but only has three this season, whereas he has 11 goals and a lot of those have come uh, recently. So if he just has a knock and he's going to be fine, definitely somebody to watch because they have Brighton, Watford, Leeds and Newcastle in the next four matches. And I think this is a decision where a lot of players are looking to transfer in double game week players for 33, whereas it might be more opportunistic to bring in kind of these set and forget man city players who could really rack up points in their single game week. So again, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough call between some of the single game week players and double game week players this week. And that's a great natural transition to our closing segment, which is going to be our transfer plans and captaincy selection. So I think this is a massive game week that's going to have a lot of parity in the FPL game. We saw a lot of different captain selections and a lot of different team formations in regular game week 32. I think the trend is going to continue into double game week 33. Apart from those who are free hitting, I think the free hit template is pretty set in stone, but I know I'm not free hitting. Brian, you're not either. So we got transfers and uh, and tinkering to do right here and now. So what are you thinking? You have two free transfers and, uh, you know, the whole game is still at your fingertips and to play for. Yeah, Bucks, I feel like I'm in an interesting spot where 
I, I'm already carrying three premiums. And so I have to get creative in how I free up funds. So again, I have Salah, Kane, and Son. I have had all three of them since my wildcard team in 28. And that means that I am at a point where I might look at downgrading Ramsdale, who's 5.1 million, and just riding with Dubrovka for the rest of my season as my starting keeper. Again, I'm going to free hit in 36 and 38, which is going to be a bit of a chaotic uh, end to the season, but I want to have full flexibility and I need to kind of find ways to get a Leicester midfielder into my side, whether that's Barnes or Madison. So that's where my thoughts are at the moment. Again, have to wait until Thursday and see how that plays out, but I'm really looking at taking a hit and bringing in Madison or taking a hit and bringing in Cancelo. And so those two head to head are really, you know, where I'm having a lot of struggle trying to decide what to do, because obviously Madison has all these upcoming doubles. He could be rotated. He could be rested. He's got Europa and that, that kind of puts me off of him a little bit, but I think he's also a decent captain shout this week. So a lot of players in my kind of rank of, you know, top 25, top 50 K they'll easily have that him in, in their sides. And I kind of want to have him as a, as a shield, to be honest. So I could don't hurt my rank in case he pops off. So that's kind of where my attention's at the moment. Don't know what I'm going to do yet, but got to, got to nail this. You know, I, I'm not opposed to taking a hit and um, upgrading my team, but still up in the air. So what are your thoughts between Cancelo and uh, Madison for the rest of the season? I think Madison is a better play today because you're going to get some extra double game weeks. And I think you'll be able to plan to have him in your side by the time Man City get a double game week in game week 37. So I wouldn't be too fuffed about having to skip him in the short term. But fuffed. I do get what you're saying. What, what, what is this? What is this word, Bucks? Is this a Paw Patrol word? Fuffed? Fluffed? What? What is uh, this? Fuffed, fluffed. <laughs> who knows? I, I didn't use the uh, the 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 preferred four letter word to keep this podcast <laughs> clean and allow you to listen with your kids in the car. But I would say that all right, I think all right, City, so. City are the best team in the league. They have the best players for a reason. And I think you can count on Kensel. He's having an near record season in the FPL game. And I would definitely trust that he's going to get more returns between double game week 33 and game week 38 than Madison would be if they were playing the same amount of matches. However, Madison right, gets right. two extra matches. The concern with Madison is that they really don't have anything to play for in the Premier League. So he could, you know, get a 30-minute trot, a 35-minute cameo each and every game week to preserve him for Europa Champions League. So Europa Conference League. That's a confusing and very silly tournament, isn't it? But uh, yeah, those two players are also on my short list. So I, it makes sense that uh, a player as good as you is also considering them. Yeah. So I think that's probably what I'm going to do is bring in Madison. I'm, I hope they lose on Thursday. So they're out of that. And then they can just focus on ending the league in a decent spot. Um, so what I will do is take a four point hit and I will move Ramsdale, Broja, and then also Ramsey to bring in Madison, who will start this week and potentially a captain shout and then foster and then probably a dead 4.5 striker. Again, I've used bench boost. I have um, Anthony Gordon as my first bench, who seems to be ticking along and starting all the matches. So he'll help be my kind of coverage. And then I'll deal with Doherty, 
next week and hopefully transfer him to another kind of mid tier defender who can come off the bench in case there's any rotation. So that's my plan. Uh, four point hits, which it's tough because it's it's going to cost me, you know, probably three to four thousand in rank, which, again, at, at this point is, is very competitive. But it, it's just a move that I think is going to pay off um, from here into the run in with all those extra games for Madison. Yeah, interesting that, you know, we're really recommending and rating the move off Ramsdale, considering even with an Arsenal double game week, I think that's very notable uh, for me. Yeah, I so- mean, looking, looking, looking at the Ramsdale thing, though, it's like I have Dubrovka. Newcastle have been playing pretty well, and he's got a double this game week. And then I have two free hits, so I'll be able to bring in whatever goalkeeper I want for those weeks. So it's only really kind of four weeks, five weeks that I'm not going to have Ramsdale, but I'll I have Ben White, who's 4.5. So I will have a piece of that defense, um, whether that nets any points or not, who knows, but I'll at least have an, an arsenal uh, defender to give me some kind of coverage, quote unquote there. So not too worried, but all right, Bucks, tell me about your thoughts. I know you have one free transfer. You do have a lot in the bank because last week you moved off of Veghorst, went to Mateta, uh, free up some funds for this week. So what are you thinking? Sure. So right now I am also with you. I think I might take a hit. Uh, my only real glaring issue is the Doherty injury. Yeah, I have been bringing him in to really with the idea of playing big at the back and potentially playing five defenders each and every game week from here on till the end of the season. Obviously he goes down. So that might change my calculus a little bit. Uh, and then, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, I just it doesn't make sense right now to be tripled up on Arsenal. So I'm going to jump ship and get rid of Martinelli. I think Saka is the one to have as the attacking player from Arsenal. Totally agree. And I would like to move off Ramsdale, but I learned my lesson from last season. I'm just going to try and ride it out without making goalkeeper transfers unless I'm bringing in a player in that game week that is going to allow me to bring in a player that's going to start. So I'm going to hold off on that move for the time being. So the move I'm tinkering with is to go uh, Doherty and Martinelli to Shar and Madison for a minus four hit. Obviously, because Shar and Madison each have double game weeks, and I expect they're both going to feature at, in some capacity in both matches, I think it's really not a minus four. It's less than that, which is why I think that move is appealing. However, I am definitely not going to be captaining any of the double game week players. I've made my mind up. It is between Young Min Sung and Mo Salah. And right now, my bus team, my captain's armband, when I said it before game week 32, is still on Young Min Sung. He is in the best form of any player in the Premier League. And throughout the whole season, not just at this kind of limited window in time, he has the most FPL points at home of any midfielder, of any FPL player. So uh, I rate that trend to continue. So Sun will be my captain as they roast Brighton in their new White Hart Lane Stadium. It's a great shout for Sun as a captain option this week as well, because now he's all of a sudden in the golden boot race. He's only three behind Salah. And given their form and the fixtures that they have to come, he could really actually catch Salah, uh, who's not really in form at the moment from a goal scoring perspective. So definitely uh, interesting to see. And with with Sun, he's just so clinical that he can have a very off game the whole time and then still bang in a, a worldly finish and get you 10 points. And that's just the type of form he's in right now. And that was it's kind of mimics what we were thinking of. Sala earlier in the season so clinical hitting shots left and right with both feet on the counter 
in the box, I think these are just the telltale signs of captains, the option. So I do like that you're sticking with a single game week player instead of falling into a double game week player trap. But this week, Madison, I think is, is somebody I'm considering because he does have that kind of high floor of being involved, taking those set pieces, taking some corners and uh, can really kind of punish players uh, as well. So I think he's, he's another top option this week. Yeah. One thing that I think ended up making the final decision for me is just the amount of rest that Spurs players are getting. And I think that's making a huge difference. You see that when they line up for these premier league matches, it doesn't matter who it's against. They're fully rested and rearing to go. And some of these other top teams are going to show up with some tired legs. Obviously, Brighton aren't going to have that problem. But I just think compared to a team like Liverpool, who are in massive amounts of ongoing competitions for trophies or even City, I mean, I just think they're in form. Plus, they're going to be fresh to start each game. So I love what I'm seeing from the uh, the Tottenham attack and God help you, Antonio Conte, if you rotate my boy, Young Min Sung, in this single game week. I will come there. He's not going to be a rotated Bucks. They're, they're shooting for top four and have kind of the odds on favorite now with these injuries at Arsenal. So um, just to recap, Bucks, how many double game week players do you have in your side? I know that we're both not free hitting. So just curious to see, you know, I, I think that if you have four or five double game week players, that's probably a good spot to be in. Anything more than that is definitely... Um, going to be bonus points, but it is tough because a lot of us have been counting on the likes of Vague Horse or Broja, who frankly have just been getting less than four points in these double game weeks. So it's kind of a tough one because I know a lot of us have been counting on them. So it's kind of interesting that I think looking at these transfer strategies for you and I this week, we're looking at actually taking out a double game week player like a Martinelli or a Broja and bringing in other higher quality double game we players. So I just wanted to see where you were um, for this week. Yeah. So I'm on. Ooh, another edition of six. Bucks counts. I'm on six. <laughs> um, I, solid, I, solid. Yeah. And, and really the decision was between Kulisevsky, Saka and Martinelli. And just the way that Tottenham are playing, you cannot transfer out Kulisevsky. Don't do it. Whoever you're bringing in, you know, the upside on this Tottenham attack is they're pouring in goals. So it is massive, absolutely tremendous. They are punishing opposing defenders. And the real thing is Kane is so essential. I wish I had him in FPL, but I don't. But really, the he's creating all these chances. He's dropping in deep to link up players like Kulu and Sung with tremendous pace as they kind of run at the high lines of opposing defenders on a counterattack. So um, I think Sun has the highest upside. Kane is the safest decision, but I would not be transferring out any uninjured Spurs players, uh, definitely not any of their attackers to bring in any double game week players, no matter who they are. All right, Bucks, that wraps it up for our Double game week 33 preview. Best of luck to all of the FPL managers this week. Please hit us up on social at FPL Blues Podcast on Instagram or Twitter. If you have any questions or uh, want to jump in our WhatsApp chat, we can definitely talk shop there as well. So Bucks, good luck. We're hoping to get some good news and more green arrows. I think we've actually had kind of back-to-back episodes where we've both had green arrows. So I would love to see a trifecta come in after this double game week. Let's keep those green arrows coming. Again, reminder, FPL Blues Podcast Super League Cup is beginning in double game week 33 this weekend. Get your lineup set. Make your transfers 
initiate, hit any chips you want to use because it's starting now and it's time to crush your competition. Really, let's go for it and try and win that cup in game week 38. Also, one last shout out to Harrison Goodman. He reached out to us at the FPL Blues podcast on social, and we've been helping him with his game week 33 wildcard team. Good luck, Harrison. I hope I am not uh, burying you and your season with some of the tinkers and suggestions I'm giving you. Uh, we got to wait for Brian to chime in. He's really having the season, the dream season, uh, unlike any other. See you guys. Thanks again for listening.